0: Hey, deadly listeners, welcome to the Indigipreneur Podcast, a show that helps you gain a better understanding of Indigenous entrepreneurship and answers all your related questions. I'm your host, Dean Foley, Indigenous entrepreneur with over five years' experience in the field. In today's episode, we get to have a chat uh, with Vanessa, who's going to talk about if the Aboriginal flag was in the blockchain. So... Our mission in Walking Between Worlds is to energise global Indigenous communities to amplify First Nations' powerful guiding voices through NFTs, non fungible tokens. The title of the presentation today is If the Aboriginal Flag Were in the Blockchain. What is the blockchain? How could it have supported the Aboriginal flag? What is working? Walking Between Worlds? How are we... Energising global Indigenous communities? How are we helping artists to become economically empowered? How are we also taking that generational wealth into the community? How are we including Indigenous communities in what we're doing? How can you be involved? But the important question is, how are we energising global Indigenous communities and amplifying their voices through non fungible tokens? That's what you'll find out today in this presentation. But before I begin, I would just like to do an acknowledgement to country. First and foremost, I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land upon which I sit today, the Cook and Yalanji people, and I pay respect to elders past and present and emerging. I also extend that respect to those of you on the lands that you sit upon and other Indigenous people in the audience. Um, the reason I do an acknowledgement to country and not a welcome to country is because I'm not from Kukunyalanji land. Um, my people are from Yupungati in, uh, near Olmar, Poon in the Seven Rivers in Cape York and uh, Murr or Murray Island in the Torres Strait. So as an invited guest on this land, I do an acknowledgement. And I thank you all for coming in to listen to my presentation today. Now, cost of the Aboriginal Fag to Indigenous Organizations. This is a really important, you know, this is the that that substance that brings my that is the the purpose of my presentation because I, I read that article and just recently the government um, released the flag so to speak so they bought the the copyright of the flag so that everybody can now use the flag and they paid something like 22 million dollars and thank you um senator or minister ken white for organizing that it's with i am appreciative because now as i go through this presentation you'll understand why i'm I'm appreciative of it Um, but there's more that can be done Okay, so the Aboriginal flag is red, yellow and black, black for the people, red for the ochre and the earth and yellow for the sun. And it was raised in 1971. What I mean by that it was raised at Parliament House in 1971. Prior to that, there were a lot of social policies and implications that prevented Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people from moving forward. Um, and it wasn't until the 1967 referendum that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people were allowed to be included in the census. If you're included in the census, then technically you can have services. There's funding allocated to services for your population group. Um, now, in that whole period of 1971, the... Um, there was uh, a good seventy-five years where there was a policy that allowed the Australian government to steal the wages from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, and that, that period's called the stolen wages. Uh, it, it was a form of slavery, and the sad reality is is that um, you know that that is the reason why. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today, in 2022, that, that there's no generational wealth. Or we're just beginning to build that generational wealth, where and where we see so many people um, impacted by the negative policies from the past, and we see that in the in the outcomes of such things as um, suicide rates and and poverty and homelessness and economic disempowerment. I'm not saying that. We are the solution. Walking between worlds is the solution. What I'm saying here in my proposal to you in this presentation is I'm providing a, i am providing I guess, an opportunity. And, and it's explaining how the blockchain could actually help energize those the, you know, Aboriginal and Torres communities and voices to move up into the new digital age. So we're, we're taking the oldest continuing living culture and, and combining it with the, the newest digital technology so that Indigenous people are not left behind like we continuously are. We're closing the lagging gap, so to speak. Now, back to the Aboriginal flag. The rights were held by the artist until 2018. I'm not going to say his name. Uh, you can look it up um until he gave exclusive rights to a clothing company now he didn't tell anybody about the sale and nor did he need to but the reality is this the clothing company also didn't tell indigenous people about the sales and indigenous people and in organizations across australia use the flag in emails they put it on their posters they you know it's used on it's used everywhere you know, it's put on hats, shirts, whatever. People are so proud of the flag because it represents who we are as a people. So, for a non-Indigenous clothing company to have the rights, the exclusive rights of the Aboriginal flag, was a little bit of a, um, I guess, you know, it was a bit, it was a bit controversial, um, because the clothing company then. Began issuing infringement notices to Indigenous peoples and organisations, but again, nobody knew about the sale and who held the copyright, so there was no transparency. And thankfully, the Australian government has now, you know, um, with Ken Wyatt at the at the lead, has um, the Minister for Indigenous Affairs, um, you know, has freed the flag. However, I'm going back to that resale royalties now, and you know, the flag when. When the artist gave the copyright of the flag to the clothing company, there was no transparency. And there was no transparency in also the resale of royalties. So, and he may not have had that in his contract too, but the reality is there was no there was no transparency at all. Now, had the Aboriginal flag been in the blockchain, there would be a whole process of transparency and the artist and his family would have continuous residual income and we would see a change in generational wealth for the artist and his family and most definitely for his community or his tribe, okay? What is a blockchain, you might ask? So I'm going to explain it um, in the way that Tim wrote about it in his book. And his book is titled Down the Rabbit Hole, Discover the Power of the Blockchain. Now, this is the example he gives. Now, imagine. Imagine that, you know, you and I are standing together and your phone goes missing. And I'm the only person standing next to you. So we go to court and it's... The the evidence is there that I stole the phone. But at the same time, it's your word against mine because somehow I got rid of the phone. So we're standing in before the judge and it's your word against mine, okay? Now, imagine that at the time that your phone goes missing, there were 5,000 photographers in the room and those 5,000 independent photographers took photos of the phone being stolen so now that's it there's there's, there's irreversible evidence that I stole your phone but if I wanted to prove my innocence or try to falsify the facts I would have to persuade at least 2,500 of those photographers that I didn't steal your phone and do that in a matter of say you know a short amount of time Before it went to the judges, or before it went to court, and so that they would alter their images. So now imagine. Now imagine that not only is there those five thousand photographers, that there is also um, the photos are now being locked away in in a in a um, in a bank vault, and now and also. At the time, the bank vault is also has got this massive code. So those photos of me stealing your phone are now locked away. There's irreversible evidence to say that I took it, and to top it off, there was also a security camera there. Okay. Now, not only is the act of my phone stored on the on the photographs, but it is also now in a vault, and there is also There is also evidence in in the security camera as well. Now, that that is there for anyone who wishes to access or view the evidence, and that is there. It's locked away. Now, imagine, right? Let's now, because this is how I'm bringing it into the blockchain. The blockchain works. So, right? So those 5,000 photographers were computers, independent computers called nodes that are networked together across the globe and connected via the internet. Now, instead of photographs, we have data, okay? And the data is locked together inside a block of data. So that block of data starts joining together and it's cryptographically sealed okay so when we and that cryptographical seal has the same what is it same effect as a as a um as a wax seal although it is of course um significantly more powerful and each block of data contains a timestamp. All the blocks of data are linked together to form a chain of permanently locked data, locked blocks of data, hence the blockchain. And in its essence, the blockchain is defined as a peer-to-peer database that is immutable which means that it can't be deleted or modified. Now, let's bring it back to the Aboriginal chain, the blockchain and the Aboriginal art connecting. So imagine the Aboriginal flag was in the blockchain, right? Imagine all of those pieces that came together, the transparency. Now, what we're doing with Walking Between Worlds is we're working with artists, digital artists, to turn their works into NFTs, a non fungible token. Now, a non fungible token is when, like, okay, it's, it's a piece of digital art that is turned into an NFT, a non fungible token. When the NFT is loaded up into the digital world, right, or into the blockchain, what happens is it gets a unique number? That unique number enables the artist to track or trace their artwork. So when the art is sold, they can trace who bought it. Everybody gets, as soon as you enter the blockchain, you get a unique number. So people can see who bought that piece of artwork. And then they can also see who sold it, who bought it, who who resold it, who rebought the artwork. And this is really important because we want to make sure that Aboriginal art is no longer stolen. And that's the biggest issue. You know, quite often we see, and, and these stories are true. And you know, you see that a gallery will purchase an Aboriginal piece of art and from an Aboriginal artist and Sell it, buy it at a, at a really cheap rate and then go overseas and sell it for millions and the artist gets nothing. So the way we're doing it is we're making sure that the artist gets a percentage of the resale as well. And so we're growing that economy. And so we're not leaving people behind. We are a social impact Project. That's what we're doing in Walking Between Worlds. We're we're creating that social impact. So what I'm going to talk to you now is a social impact example of how non-fungible tokens, NFT, transparency enables indigenous artists to benefit from the ongoing sales of their artworks. It empowers them. It's self-determining and it gives them an ongoing income. And this is really important because, and I say this is important because all too often, right? All too often, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, Indigenous people globally, lag behind, as you can see on this this bell-shaped curve. So here is the digital world. Imagine this this is where we stand at the moment. This is NFTs. This is blockchain. Everybody here is at the blue circle. That's the rest of the world. Indigenous people are back there at the yellow circle, and that's how we see with every new digital technology, that's how we see with every new technology that comes into the world, Indigenous people are constantly left behind. With Walking Between Worlds, we are bringing Indigenous people, the oldest continuing living culture, into the newest digital world so that we're what we're doing now brings Indigenous artists with us so we're not leaving people behind. It's an opportunity for people to grow their generational wealth at the same level as non-Indigenous people in a decentralised platform. Now, what does that mean, decentralised? Okay, so I'm going to link it to the dreaming because at creation and all through Aboriginal and culture, Indigenous culture globally, but I'm focusing on Aboriginal and because we are the oldest continuing culture in the world. So everything is, is stored, all the information is stored and passed on, all the knowledge is passed on through generations and generations through storytelling, through dance, through all different art, right, and it's drawings and everything. And that conversation is there, it's passed on by language, it's passed on visually, your you're totems, everything is passed on. It was already decentralised so when you understand that and you start bringing the oldest continuing culture into the newest digital platform of technologies we start to bring a level playing field of opportunity to indigenous artists and creatives in the nft space our mission by the community for the community is to energize global indigenous communities to amplify First Nations powerful guiding voices through NFTs. Walking Between Worlds is fostering a community driven NFT tokenized ecosystem through a behavioral economics model. So, therefore, what that means is this is the breakdown, okay? So, from that first sale, so, we're working with the artist to create their digital pieces and we're turning it into an um, NFT. And that takes, we have a team of 10. So, that takes, because um, pieces don't just turn into a digital piece like that. It, it does take algorithms, it does take understanding of layering, of, of understanding how pieces can fit together. Um, so, for the first sale, the artist gets 30%. Um, the Indigenous Charity pool gets thirty percent. What is an Indigenous charity pool? So we've asked all our artists to identify an Indigenous charity, not for not for profit Indigenous charity that they would like to give thirty percent of the first of the profit, thirty percent of the profit from the first sale of their digital NFT of the digital token to this Indigenous charity. Some of our some of our artists have got three charities. So and this is part of our. Um, ecological social governance footprint so we're making sure that you know we're, we're bringing communities with us the walking between worlds team gets 30 percent like i said there's 10 of us in our team there's carbon offset and offset and insurance and etc that's 10 percent and then there's resale royalties now the carbon offset so as you can see 30 30 30 that's 90% plus that 10%, that's 100%. Now, that green bit down the bottom, the resale royalties. So now we've sold the first piece and somebody bought that piece. And so what would happen like with the Aboriginal flag, somebody buys the Aboriginal flag and then they passing it on. No one gets any royalties. The artist doesn't get royalties. With an NFT, the artist gets the royalties from the resale. So if somebody gets the piece and they're like, oh, I'm going to sell this, the artist still gets 5 to 10% of the royalties. So it's an ongoing residual value that goes back to the artist and their families. We're also saying to the artists to set up their wills because if anything happens to them, all this money needs to go back to their community, go to their family. So it's ongoing. So there's no loss. Okay, so we, we see that generational wealth start to grow. Walking between wells are developing a digital a digital asset platform based around four pillars of empowerment. Now, as you can see here, you can see those four pillars of empowerment in front of you, and what that means is those um, in those pillars of empowerment is like. There's the collaboration engine. And the collaboration engine is, is about skill sharing and across global Indigenous communities. And then the second one is online education, and that is working with digital partners to develop, enhance and enhance digital skill sets um, and proceeds back to artists, so, sorry, uh, digital skills within communities. So I've been working with some of the um, arts communities on, in Aboriginal land. Excuse me, and what I've been doing with those artists, those art centers, is helping them to get funding to get, um, so tablets, digital tablets, and then we run, and then we're helping them then to look at programs of how they can bring their art onto a digital platform. And so we're growing the community continuously. And our artists are also, um, we're asking our artists to also, you know, just create some small, Videos so that we can actually teach other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, other Indigenous people globally, how to create digital artworks. Um, curated NFT gallery number three is providing best in class curated digital galleries in metaverses and proceeds with the proceeds going back to the artists. And number four is those art investors to make sure that we provide a favourable structure for art investors to, to come and. Purchase indigenous art, and again the cycle continues. You know, so that they purchase the indigenous art, and then the artists and their communities continue to to grow. That that's it's growing that self determination, that autonomy for their art, for the artists in there, and their works. And the the core takeaways that I'm hoping you'll take away from this is um, walking between worlds is contributing to indigenous communities, capitalizing on the on the NFT growth market. Walking Between Worlds is enhancing global Indigenous community engagement. And Walking Between Worlds project is a community-driven project that brings Indigenous artists and creatives into a level playing field. Economically, we need to have Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander artists, Indigenous artists all over the world need to be part of the newest technology that's the blockchain. Thank you. Khayma eso many thanks um.